welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Welcome someone beside you and say welcome to church. It's great to have you here. You're looking good. Tell the person I like what you're wearing. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Minister Faith, sometimes I wonder the energy you have. Thank you. God bless you. So anointed. Welcome to church family. God is a good God. So today, I trust God to do justice to the message that he has laid in my heart. And communicate the essence of his spirit here today. And all those listening online, we welcome you to the service. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Are you excited to be in church today? Come on, are you excited? Glory to God. If you are on um, WhatsApp, and I would like you to share the link of the service. That's mixlr.com slash kingswordph. You can just say, join us live for service. Or you can just say, let, let us have church. You can be sure that there's someone listening who might need a word from God you never can tell glory to God so earlier at the beginning of the week the Lord began to lay something in my heart and um, that's what I want to share today I call it the word of life the word of life the word of life Thank you, Jesus. Turn your Bibles to First John chapter 1. I'll start reading from verse 1. First John 1 and verse 1. Okay, so are you ready? Media team, please help me. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. Concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us 
and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ and these things we write to you that your joy may be full let me read the passion translation it says we saw him with our very own eyes we gazed upon him and heard him speak our hands actually touched him the one who was from the beginning the living expression of god this life giver was made visible and we have seen him we testify of this truth the eternal life giver live face to face with the father and has now dawned upon us verse 3 so we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard about this life giver so that we may share and enjoy this life together for truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus the anointed one verse 4 we are writing these things to you because we want to release to you our fullness of joy glory to god want to release to you our fullness of joy says that your joy may be full glory to god so there were a few things that the writer then noted one of them is that we heard something we saw something we looked upon it we looked upon something that means we received it and then we experienced it it became our life so we didn't just hear it we saw it we received it and then what we received became our life it became our way of life all right so this is how life takes shape all right and never be surprised at an outcome every outcome you've experienced or is experiencing takes shape through this process either you heard something you saw something you you received something and then you began to experience something all right so you heard something you saw it you accepted it as true or false then that became your life experience okay so um the the way your life is right now took shape because these processes happened to you something happened to you in the course of your life growing up you heard something you saw something and then you began to you receive it you accepted it and then you began to experience it okay so um each of us were dressed in a particular way today um not because you had a vision in the night that uh, gave you the details of what to wear but you had a mental picture of a particular way you want to look and that mental picture came from either something you have seen before or um some perspective that you have before all right so it came up in front of you and then your life took that shape okay so everything about life is formed in a particular way nothing of itself just happens no you imagine it you conceptualize it you talk about it and then you begin to create it so that process brings you to a place where things are formed all right so i have outlined today four truths about how life takes shape 
All right, four truths I've outlined and I want to uh, zero in on and talk about how life takes shape. Because um, I, I, I don't believe that um, you should just live your life um, like that. I mean, just waiting for what will happen. Okay? The same way you were deliberate about what to wear today. Probably you planned it um, yesterday, or even if you wake up quite, if you woke up quite early to plan it, it's still a plan. None of you, I believe, just got into your, just woke up and then just dragged something, the nearest thing your hand touched, and then you wore it and started coming to church. No, there was a deliberate plan. There was a deciding there was a looking experiencing compare what did i wear two weeks ago what did i wear last week okay can i combine this with this and all that and while you are doing all that you are forming a picture of a life of dressing a dress code that you are going to wear okay so that became now your experience that you're seeing okay so if i go back and ask you Three years ago, two years ago, or even as, as little as, uh, as close as last month or as December. That what were you thinking about? And you begin to outline for me those things that you were thinking. And the outcome now in February is a result from that thinking and that process. You realize that you actually created February and you created January. That your experience in January and February was created in December and November of 2021. Or probably earlier. Okay? So, life takes a particular form. It doesn't just happen like that. There are certain things. It says we heard something. We saw something. We received it. And then it became our experience. And because it's now our experience, we are communicating that same life to you. We are telling you about this life. If we've not seen it, if we've not heard it, we won't be telling you. But we are telling you because we've tasted it. We've seen it. We were with Christ. Christ was with God. And, and now we are telling you this thing that we have experienced. It says, of the word of life, what we have handled, what we have tasted, what we have seen of Christ. That's what we're committing to you. Glory to God. So number one is that you cannot give what you don't have. You cannot give what you do not have. First John 1 and 3. It says, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. So we have seen it. We've heard it, so we are declaring it to you. If we've not seen it, or we've not heard it, we cannot declare it to you. So the reason we're declaring it is so that you will have the same kind of fellowship that we have. So we have a fellowship with the Father. We have a fellowship with Jesus. Because of that experience that we have, we are now telling you. You remember the story of the lepers who um, went into the tent of the is it the Amalekites now? Who are the, those guys? I can't remember. So they got in there and then those ones had, had run away by the hearing of the sound of, of war and all that. And then they got there and, and then they began to plunder all their loot. And then they said to themselves, this is a day of good news. It is not right if we keep it to ourselves. So let's go back into the city and tell the people. So they went back. So if you have experienced something, 
it's easy for you to tell. But when you've not experienced it, you will do a lot of work to convince people. Jesus does not want, doesn't want you to convince people about him. No. He wants you to experience him and tell them your experience. He does the convincing. Have you wondered why you preach to people at times? It seems like the thing is not hearing. Say, ah, you know, I need more power. You don't need more power. You need to experience God truly for yourself. When you have experienced... How many of you here, if I bring a hot metal and I say, Pastor, please, can you just hold this hot metal for me? The moment you hold it, what do you do? You drop it. Why? Because it's hot. You've experienced something. The woman at the well of Samaria, when she came in contact with Jesus, I, I mean, I often wondered why, why she would come at the time when she came. She had stigma all around her. It was glaring. She didn't want to come at the time when all the women will come to fetch water because she had a past and a history that they would probably laugh at on the way to the well. And you know, she didn't want that. She probably had experiences many times. They've uh, gone to the well together. And look at her. Seven husbands. Even the one you're staying with now. It's not even your husband. Look at you. First husband came. Went second husband. And she got tired of all that. So they had all left. And then she wanted to go at another time. And that was the time Jesus came. So the person who couldn't talk to the village before. By the time she encountered Jesus. The Bible says she went back. And told all of them. It says everybody and guess what the bible says she went to tell all the men because <laughs> women they are it's easy to convince a man than to convince a woman said all the men in the villages followed her because at least they will understand said people followed her she she couldn't go with them to the well but she encountered she experienced some so it was easy for her to communicate so when you are on fire people will come and watch you burn you don't need to do anything. By themselves, they'll say, Where is you? they will see the smoke. Jesus was on fire. When he was born, the Bible says that his star rose up somewhere. And some people saw it and said, wow, that thing is different. That thing is different. So from where they were, they located him because they saw something. When you encounter life, you don't need to talk too much. Jesus says the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. When you are communicating life, you don't need to talk too much. The person by himself will say, there's something about you I don't understand. There's something about you because you carry something. I was in a, in, in a cab one day um, when I just moved into the city. Somewhere at YKC, just uh, going somewhere. And then the lady sat beside me. We got about three in the back, at the back. And then I was just uh, speaking in tongues under my breath, you know, just praying, enjoying the presence of God. And this lady was just uncomfortable. And she just kept turning and turning and turning. So I was, I, she, 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 she gave me a nudge, first of all. I thought it was a mistake. So I turned to look at her. She turned her face away. I was uncomfortable. I was like, okay, is it that I'm not sitting properly? So I adjusted. Then I just kept speaking in tongues. And the next thing she gave me another nudge. Boom. I turned to look at her. By the time I looked at her, her eyes had changed. I knew, oh, this is a demonic manifestation. I just smiled. I put my head back and I just kept speaking in tongues. The next thing she would do, driver, 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 get down. Stop, 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 stop. I want to get down. I want to get down. I want to get down. And as she, she ran out of the cab. As in she literally ran out. She pushed everybody and ran. I didn't go out looking for demons. 
now just having fellowship with the Father. When you're on fire, people will come and watch you burn. When you've encountered something, when you talk, life flows from you into people. Have you met people who, after five minutes of talking with them, you are just depressed? Jeez. Please avoid such people. Thank you. Yes. Avoid them. They are not good for your destiny. Honestly. Avoid them. Five minutes of talking with them. And then you are like, you live there. You that was, your shoulder was squared before when you got there. You left there and you were like this. The next thing they are giving to you is walking stick. Avoid such people. Honestly, avoid them because if you know, if you know the kind of spirit, the kind of power that resides in you, you will not live your life anyhow. There are certain things you will do deliberately. Choose your friends. Choose who you gist with. Oh, you call somebody up. Hey, I just want to give you this gist. Something just happened to me. Ah, if you know this da, 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 at my workplace. And then the next thing you start smelling beef from the phone. You'll be smelling the beef from the phone. The next thing that is left is you. For you to, what is made here? Chicken Republic. You'll be smelling beef or chicken or fish. You'll be smelling it from the phone. And the person will just say, um, I don't think you should be happy here too. Because let me tell you, I, I know somebody that this thing happened to. You know, the moment they give the person the promotion, the person was just rejoicing. Two weeks after, they just called the person and sacked the person. Please, what did I tell you? And then you leave there and God help you. 30 minutes later, your boss calls you. You say, hey, it has happened. Why? They've zapped the life from you. But what do they say about Jesus? He's a life-given spirit. Life-given spirit. You know? So you can't give what you don't have. Acts 3 and 6 and 6. It says, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. So I don't have silver or gold to give to you. But I have something. I have a life that I can infuse into you that will make you rise up. And the Bible says he held him by the hand and stretched him up. And then he got up and life came into him. And he, started, he began to work. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 45 he says and so it is reading the first man Adam became a life being the last Adam became a life given spirit so for you to give life to something you must be a carrier of that life you must be a carrier of that life have you wondered sometimes how you, why your faith declarations they don't carry weight you just declared say this is my confession and you're just saying it. You that is saying it, you don't even believe it. I've been there before. I've confessed things I don't believe. So I realize that the best kind of confession is not the one that I say with my mouth. It's the one that I believe in my heart that I say with my mouth. That's the one that comes to pass. That's the one that comes to manifestation. It's not the fact that I said it. It's the fact that I believe what I said. So I can confess from now till tomorrow. Oh, my car comes. My car comes. But in your heart, you say, hmm, just a talker. Hmm, just a talker. But they say, we will not talk. <laughs> no. I've 
been there before. I've confessed things that as I'm confessing the thing, my mind I say, God, you don't say I don't believe, but I just won't confess. I didn't know how to believe it, but I just wanted to say it. So I'm not saying it to believe it. No, I said it because I believed it. He said, We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. So when you have seen what is written and you believe it naturally your mouth utters what your heart believes. I shared the story of a woman who got in an airplane with uh, Bishop uh, Reverend, sorry Pastor, anyway it's Bishop Reverend all together, the father Pastor Deboe and she got into the plane and while she was getting into the plane you see she was all touche and everything excuse me, please can I pass excuse me please, is that my seat taken please and then she got in the seat and Pastor Deboe said, was just looking at her sat somewhere behind her or thereabout and then they got into the airplane and there was turbulence everywhere. The whole plane was shaking and everything. And this lady screamed, shock, oh no. This was the same lady who was touching. See, what you have inside will come out. When poof comes to shove, all those your touchness will come out. She's, I've met people sometimes, you know, they're trying to do something. Oh, hello, hi, everything. And then the next thing, someone just have a, say, yekba. Auntie, relax now. Then after they say yekba, they say, oh, sorry, ouch. See, you can't form the, or fake these things. Who you are is who you are. It will come, it will show. It will show. It will show. I, I, I was going, um, okay, something happened some time ago. I think my, my friends and I, we were walking down the road. Now this is, it's not like your pastor was doing anything bad. Though. It was just a normal guy's walk, talk, you know. And then we're just going and then, this lady fair was just walking towards us like that myself and my friends were just walking I can't remember the time or the year but I remember the story so she was walking towards us and one of the guys just complimented ah man this girl's fine I said yeah nice and then she was talking with someone they were walking and when they got the girl got close to us we just had this deep ebotic ascent Jesus no, no offense to any evil person here but there was this accent that was so deep that all, all of us just turned and said, Nah. Pardon me. It's no offense to anybody from any tribe. It also happens in other tribes too. Alright? So sometimes you find people who appear in a particular form and you think that that form that they appear is who they are. But deep inside, they are not that form. I would rather that deep inside you are a form that when situations come they see you as you really are you are carrying life you are not just confessing for confession's sake no i mean those days because i remember we used to have three page confession four page come when we are confessing we are tired confessing since three page okay we have confession for relationship confession for marriage confession for children it's good for all those conventional finances and we are meant to confess as we wake up in the morning so wake up ah we are late for work I confess that I have my God I confess my wife confess, confess. it's okay I confess everything and then we just go so we are saying those things having not really believed having not experienced it so you can't give what you don't have if you have it inside of you you will give it you will give it alright 1 John 5 11 it says and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son this life is in the son it's not ours 
For you to give that life, you have to experience the sun. If you've not experienced the sun and you're trying to communicate that life to people, it's a fruitless effort. It's not hard to win a soul. I'm telling you. It's not hard to preach to people. It's not hard. What's difficult is that most people have not experienced, they've not experienced Christ truly. So they are trying to convince someone. You see, if I quote many scriptures, maybe the person will know. No, it's not about you quoting the scriptures. It's about life transference. It's deep calling to deep. You are talking to the person. And you may even be talking about unrelated matter. I've saved people and never quoted a scripture before to them. Just by talking to them. And I didn't quote one scripture. What do you want to tell an atheist? In the first place, he doesn't believe what you are saying. You want to tell him John 3.16. Oga, I don't even believe John 3.16. You cannot convince me with John 3.16. What do you want to tell a Buddhist? And let's turn to the Bible of... Bible of what? Let's turn to the book, book of what? In the first place, he does not believe it. So how does that convince him? Say your life. The life that flows from you. The moment you show up, you see that life. We'll, we'll see it shortly. It's it's so, it's it's hidden inside so much that it's not easily seen. But when it is seen, it's life transforming. It changes people and changes things. So a lot of times we focus on the outside and forget what's inside. So verse 12, it says, he who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. If you've not experienced him, you can't tell people about him. You can't show other people. John 6 and 63 says, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Nothing. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So the outward appearance, the flesh, it profits nothing. So you can confess from now till tomorrow. Confess everything you want to confess. If you've not experienced him, you've not believed it, it will not come to pass. It will be mere flesh. It profits nothing. So for you to give life to anything, be sure you have soaked in the one who gives life to things. It is out of the abundance of what you have that you will give out. Out of the abundance of what you have. I tell people all the time that look, if you want to give love, be sure that you yourself have received love. Be sure. Because you can't give love when you've not received the love of God. You know, someone said to me one time that asked the question in a meeting I was and said that somebody did something to, to her. I think it was a lady. And that she's finding it really difficult to forgive the person. And people wanted to turn her down. 
that no what do you mean so she now mentioned the thing the person did when she mentioned everybody seated kept their mouth shut because if they were the one they would not forgive so they realized the predicament she was in and they said she said it's not like i'm not trying but it's difficult for me to forgive what should i do and then i said it was just god's inspiration that came that day and i said to her i said you can't give what you don't have i said you are not capable of forgiving anybody if you receive forgiveness it will be easy to forgive i said the first thing you need to do is to receive forgiveness the forgiveness you are delivering to that person is not your own is the one that you received so somebody hurts you you're finding it difficult to forgive the person is because you have not received his forgiveness because if you receive it you see your heart will be free and it'll be easy for you to forgive the person it's the same thing with love it's the same thing with love if you've not received it let me tell you if you notice certain people who are hard on their children you're wondering why is this woman hard on her children why is this man hard on his children find out their background their father never gave them love their mother never loved them all they knew was hatred punishment saying all sorts of things to the child and then that person grew up thinking that that's the way to train up a child say i'm trying to make you strong i'm trying to make you hard no that's not how to do it because they never received that love so they don't know how to give the love say hey, am i not am i not your father i provide for you i i send you to school no that's it's more than that it's more than that so the best way to do it is receive and what i tell people is be careful if your parents are treating you like that be careful to receive god's love so that you don't grow up and transfer it to your children unknowingly you won't do it deliberately but unknowingly you will think you are loving them but what you're doing is that you're transferring what you have received to them but if you make up your mind that look i'm going to receive the love of god no matter what anyone does to me that love is the love you will give to your children at the end of the day you won't talk them down no i was standing at at um, at the office some time ago and i looked out the window there was a woman who was trying to scold her daughter the daughter was probably maybe like 15 or so and i looked out the window and just across i think i don't know what transpired just outside she slapped the girl beat her head and the girl just stood there you know that kind of beating in my mind i was i was i was just i was heartbroken i said to myself this girl is growing up to be a terror children are meant to be loved yes children do things they do things that hurt us many a times we scold our children not because of what they did is what annoyed us by what they did So the level of the annoyance that it taught us okay a child poured water on the floor there are children they are meant to be pouring water on the floor 
no, 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 no. We must deal with the child. That the child, which story did I hear recently? The, 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 the woman that flogged the baby in the school. I mean, think about that. She was doing it out of aggression. Out of aggression. And some of us have experienced that growing up. Our parents have done things to us that we feel, uh, I mean, terrible things. And they say, I'm trying to train you so that you will not go outside and be eating food. So I will not give you food or I will give you food without meat so that you won't go outside and be begging meat. Please, what, which law? How, what kind of training is that? Say, no, children are not supposed to be eating meat. How? I've heard all kinds of things. Say, ah, no. Say, a child is eating food. Why did you eat your meat first? The meat is for the child. The food is for the child. They can eat it first or eat it last. Eat that way the food will be eaten. Say, no, now bad habit. We're picking the chop meat first. Oh, good heavens. I've seen all sorts. I've heard all sorts. <laughs> we grew up like that. I mean, come on, think about it. But, you know, when you've received the love of God and you receive something in your heart that comes from God, it will be easy for you to see beyond what you have been through. And then you train the child not the way that you were trained, but the way God is training you. You see God as your father. So you can't give what you don't have. If it's difficult for you to give love, forgiveness and things like that, don't waste your time going for counseling. No. Just go before God and say, forgive me so I can forgive. When you receive it, if you have difficulty loving someone, say, Lord, I I can't walk in love with this person. It's not because you don't have the capacity. It's because you are in a state where you can't receive the love of Christ. So when you receive that love of Christ so much, there is no body that cannot be forgiven. There is no body that cannot be loved. I don't care what the person have done to you. No body at all. When you are in Christ, you receive. He said, he that has the son has this life. So what we are communicating to you is the life that we have received from the son. Things that we have heard, things that we have handled, things that we have taught, we have seen with our own eyes. That's what we are communicating to you. The experience that we have had from Christ, not from our parents. That's what we are communicating to you. Just so that you will have this life. You don't kill darkness with darkness. You kill darkness with light. You can't change people's impression about you by changing them. You will be the change. People will think whatever they want to think about you. They will think anything they want to think. You can't change that impression. No. Say, no, I'm trying to, uh, you know, I have to change the, the impression they have about me. Auntie, if you change to another thing, another set of people will have another impression about you. So just be the change yourself. Wow. I still have a lot to cover. Number two. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. When you change the way you look at things, the things you are looking at, they change. Perspective is everything. You can choose to see the glass half full 
or you can choose to see it half empty. James 1 and 23. It says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Life gives us daily choices. Situations may not be pleasant, but your decision to see it differently is the key to turning it around. To turn it around. You have to see things differently, deliberately. Not because they are different, but you chose to see it differently. So the cup is either half full or it's half empty. It's perspective. So which one are you going to choose? Isaiah 8 and 12. It says, do not say conspiracy concerning all these people, all the things that these people call a conspiracy. Not be afraid of their threats. Not be troubled. The Lord of hosts, him you shall follow, him you shall hallow, let him be your fear and let him be your dread. We're not talking about living in denial. No. We're talking about accepting a higher reality compared to the facts. So this is my submission. Changing situations and circumstances is to change the way you look at them. How do you change situations and circumstances? Is the way you look at them. The moment you begin to look at it differently, the situation begins to change. Oh, I'm in a depth and you're looking at the depth. The moment you begin to look at it differently, it begins to change. I'm in a very... Uh, um, peculiar place in my life right now. It looks like things are not working. But the moment I begin to look at it differently, that thing begins to change. So in John chapter 11, what happened is that mother came to Jesus. Say, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In verse 22, it says, but, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Mother said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's what Jesus asked them. So it's not the situation. It's the perspective. My brother Lazarus is dead. The situation is dead. Jesus said, I know that's the fact. But the reality is, I am the resurrection and the life. So I am the life giver. I'm the one that gives life to dead things. So he said, how are you seeing it? Are you seeing someone dead? Or you are seeing the life giver? Are you seeing situations against you? Or you are seeing opportunities? Oh pastor, you don't understand. I just lost my job. It's true. But are you seeing a lost job? Or a new opportunity for a better job. It's perspective. It's perspective. Oh pastor you don't understand. I've been praying for this thing for the past two years. It has not come. Okay are you seeing something you've prayed for for two years that has not come? Or you are seeing something you are praying for that in the third year when it comes it will give God all the glory. And you will say God showed up. It became better and better and, and, better and stronger. It's perspective. Glory to God. Something happened in Numbers chapter 13. I don't have time to read that. 
and God told them, you are going to take over this land. I'm giving you this land. It's yours. He said, but there are giants there. Certain people went there, saw the giants and said, in spite of the giant, we are well able to take the land. God is the one that told you to go. You met oppositions. You met things that would stop you. That doesn't mean God didn't send you in the first place. No. After you overcome the giants, God will get his glory. I have a picture. Can you put up that picture? Those of you online, sorry, you may not be able to see it. <clears throat> but now, look at this picture very well. I use this picture when, I, when I'm doing trainings, uh, corporate trainings and all that. What can you see? That's a mountain and a lake, right? Alright, very quickly, turn your head this way slightly and tell me what you see. Quickly, anyone, tell me, quickly. Someone praying? Can you see like a baby? So now I'm telling you, you are seeing it, right? What has changed? Has the picture changed? What just changed? Your perspective. So a situation can remain the same. But the moment you change your perspective, you begin to see a different thing. The moment you begin to look at it differently, what possible ways can this thing work? This thing is not the end. There must be a solution. What is the solution? Where is it coming from? And your thoughts begin to come like that. As you are looking at it, you are seeing different perspective. You can see, in fact, this is like a, a baby, like all this Buddha thing, like, and then there's a big head, another person over there. So there's a child and like a mother in the same thing. You know that? So it's perspective. But your initial thing is that that's a mountain and it's a lake. That's what you will see initially. But the moment you change perspective, look at things from another angle, you begin to see that, oh, after all, this thing is not, is not unto death. That's what Jesus was telling them. Though Lazarus is dead, but I am here. I'm the life giver. I can give life. So I begin to see things differently. So I may not change the situation. But the moment I begin to see things differently, life begins to form. Possibility begins to form. Things begin to take shape. And you see that after all, it's not even a bad situation. Say, Pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through now. It will take God to come down. Let me tell There's nothing anybody in this life we go through that will take God to move from where he is. There's nothing. Even if all the presidents in the world are looking for you, it will not take God to move from where he is. Number three. Let's run because of time. You cannot put old wine in new skins. That's Mark 2 and 22. It says, And no one puts new wine in old wine skins. Or else the new wine bursts the wine skins. The wine is spilled. And the wine skins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wine skins. Another translation says, Used wine skins. Used wine skins. You know, what you know is not entirely all true. What you know is not entirely all true. And all that there is to know is not what you know. So when you were growing up, they said to you that we had how many planets? Please help me with this. How many planets? How many planets do we have now? No, when we are growing up, how many did they say we have? We had nine. If you Google it now and check, science is discovering more planets every time. They're discovering more planets. 
So, the knowledge you had before is not all that there is to know. Certain things change from time to time. What happens is that we are limited in our operations by what we know, the way we dress, the kind of food we like, the kind of person we have become or the person we are becoming. All these things, they shape our programming. They shape our program. You, so you, I mean, you grew up saying that, ah, I don't like beans, I don't like beans. By the time we dig in and find out, it is something in your past that made you not to like beans. Yes. Say, no, I'm just, a, I'm just a naturally not liking beans person. I'm a rice person. No, brother, let's dig into your past. By the time we dig in, we'll find that either beans did something to you or you did something to beans. But one way, there was a doing. Say, ah, no, I don't used to eat uh, dry fish. I like raw fish, sushi. But, but it's your programming. So over the years, over the period of time, certain things have happened to you that have programmed your mind in a particular way, programmed you in a particular pattern. And you grew up like that. That now became your experience. What you have seen, what you have handled, what you have touched over the past has now become your experience. So if you want to communicate life to people, you'll be telling people, don't eat beans, beans is not good. Don't eat rice, rice is not good. What is your experience? It's what you know. It has limited you in a particular way. So we communicate to people the things that... You know why, why... I don't know, maybe some of you have noticed. I preach a lot about Christ. I used to think that when God began to tell me that I should always preach about Christ, I thought that I would run out of messages. Until I realized that Christ is everything and I can never run out of preaching him. It's a safe place to preach Christ than to try to preach theology. Because the thing you are trying to tell the people, the controversy, I can tell you that um, Adam's sin was not the first sin. Okay? So how has that helped me now? You've just confused me the more. I know Adam's sin was not the first sin. I can tell you that. Because before Adam sinned, Lucifer had sinned. But why do I need to go into that theology than to just tell people about Jesus? So it puts me, because all that I know is not all that there is to know. So why am I putting myself in a position where I think that what I know now is the ultimate? But listen, what Christ has done cannot be undone. He said there is nothing that will come before it or nothing will come after it. So I can preach that and be bold about it. I can preach it and beat my chest. But when I tell you that Adamson was not the first, even me when I live here, I'm going to start thinking, hey, how do I convince people now? I will now start going deeper, deeper into, that's how people get into error. They get into error because they are trying to prove that they know Bible and they know scripture. So when they preach, they will now convince, confuse you a lot more. So you leave that place and say, what did pastor preach here? You, you don't know, you can't trace it, you can't find anything. You say, well, church was good, sir. It was good. But you, there's no life coming into you. It's just theology. It's just head knowledge. Calculating this and calculating that. No. That's not the kind of life God wants for us. He, says, he said, I've said these things to, to you so that you will know that you have life in the Son of God. So your life is hid in Him. 
everything you should do should be that you are drawing life from the son of God. And when you've drawn that life, you will communicate that life to other people. Glory to God. So what happens is that it only becomes natural that when, when we want to do something new, we first plug from the old. We first take a cue from what we know already. And to the best of our ability, we begin to execute from what we know. How our parents trained us up. How we approach challenges in life. How we view relationships and people. If you find someone who, who grew up, his father was a herbalist. And he grew up around all those things. If he has a problem, the first thing he would do is to do what? Is to conjure some things. Because that's all he knows. That's all he knows. So if you go to such a person for a solution, what would the person do? He will conjure for you. Why? Because that's all he knows. So that, that has formed the person's life. It has formed the person's experience. People will only tell you solution based on what they know. But if you draw life from God, you will get solutions beyond what you know. Come on, are you hearing me? Jeremiah 31, 29 says, In those days they shall say no longer that the father of eating saw grapes and the children see the set on edge. It will no longer be that way. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and all things have become new. So there's a new order and a new way of doing things. Do not put new wine in used wineskin. All that you know is not all there is to know. And all that you know cannot be true. Cannot be all true. Cannot be all true. Number four, let's run quickly. That which is seen doesn't come from what appears. That which you see does not come from what appears. Ezekiel 37 and verse 1. It says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. And it caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones leave? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Glory to God. Let me stop that. The bones were dried. And he said to him, Son of man, can these bones leave? He says, yes, God, you know. And then God said to him, prophesy to these bones. And listen to what he said. He said, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. When you speak to your circumstances, what do you tell them? Your word or the word of the Lord? Do you see why those things don't change? Because they've been hearing your words. But he said to these dry bones, hear the word. He's the one speaking, but he's saying, hear the word of the Lord. Meaning, I'm coming with the instruction from God. I'm coming with the authority from God. I'm coming with a perspective from God. Hear the word of the Lord. That which is seen does not come from that which appears. That's how it's formed. So I did a little study. 
Science tells us that hey, when world when the world was created, there was a big bang, right? And then things began to move and everything. Initially, I used to fight with the scientists that oh, how can you say that? No, God created the world. God created the world, and I believe and I realized that they don't even believe in the God I'm talking about. So God now showed me a way on how to explain to the scientists how that they are correct. So when I was talking to the Holy Spirit about it, how how I said that he said, and, and the Holy Spirit tell me, yes, they are correct that there was a big bang. I said, Really? He said, Yes. Then he now said, He said, But God was the one that gave the word. He said he gave the word, and boom, there was a big bang. I said, Wow. So he told the dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And what happened? There was rattling. And what happened? Bones began to come to bones. Sinners began to come to sinners. Everything began to form. And that was, that was like a bang. So when God began to create the world, boom, world create. And then there was a big bang. Boom. Molecules, matter, eons, everything began to come together. And science has understood that. Science has understood it. And they can explain it. But what they could not explain is, is in their own foolishness. Why? They say because every object remains at a state of rest. Right? Unless a force external has been exerted upon it, right? Before it moves. Am I correct? Professor, am I right? So, if every object remains instead of rest, what was the force that moved those atoms and matter before it began to move? The word of God. The word of God. So I began to find out, okay, how come is this word formed? And then the Lord led me to different scientific things. Let me explain. The first thing he asked me, he said, what is a molecule? So I googled it out. He said, a molecule is the smallest particle in a chemical element or compound that has the chemical properties of that element or compound. So molecules are made up of atoms that are held together by a chemical bond. So matter has what? Molecules, right? So that's molecules. And he said, molecules are formed of different atoms. Of made of atoms, right? So I asked, okay, what is... I'm trying to break it down. So I said, what is an atom? It says, the smallest unit into which matter can be divided without the release of electrically discharged particles. It is also... It also is the smallest unit of matter that has the characteristic properties of a chemical element. As such, the atom is the basic building block in chemistry. So the word atom really it means indivisible that's what it means so the laws of quantum mechanics allow dividing atoms similarly when you divide an atom what you get is light rays so light rays unite to form an atom if you divide it by quantum not scientifically they could not do that but quantum mechanics have proven that they can now divide atoms to provide light rays so inside an atom I realized that there are something called eons, positive charge and negative charge. Am I correct, science students? All right, you're wondering where Pastor is going today. Okay. So I say, what are eons? Eons are atoms with extra electrons or missing electrons. That's why you have the positive charge or the negative charge, right? So eons are often formed in nature when static electricity draws electrons away from atoms. When you experience an electrical shock after touching a doorknob, you have released a stream of electrons, thus creating eons. So what science have done is that science, through science, we can now see that there is matter, 
there's electrical charges there is sound and then there is light there is sound and then there is light so this is what science tells us that no information can propagate faster than the speed of light that's why you will always see lightning before you hear it are you following me you will see the lightning before you hear it okay so Matthew 17 and verse 5. It said, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. A bright cloud overshadowed. Then a voice came. Light came. Then sound came. Who is God? God is light. When he shows up, after he shows up, sound follows. When sound follows, you hear. You cannot see the sound. You may see the light. But you hear the sound. So they, they heard the sound of the big bang. But the one who is light has showed up. The moment he showed up and he withdrew, you heard the sound. But you didn't see the light. God is light. He's the source of life. He's the one that all life forms, flows through. John 1 4. He said, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So we heard something, we saw something, we received it, and that became our life. That's how life takes shape. That's how it takes shape. That's how it takes shape. The cradle of creation is the fact that science helps us to understand how matter reacts and responds to the word of life. That's what science helps us to understand. That there's a way matter reacts and responds to the word of life. Through sound and electrical impulses and things like that. They did a, they did a, um, um, a, a study sometime of, of someone who was speaking in tongues. And then they put, they put some gadgets on the person to measure so many things and all that. And they found out that during that time the person was speaking in tongues. There was so much happening, so much energy flowing inside that person than a normal person who was not doing, doing like that. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things that are visible that are visible. So the fact that we can't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. Doesn't mean that God was not the one that created it. No. Everything emanates from the father of light. In him was life. And that life is the light of men. It's the one that lights up everywhere. So God who is light shows up and then the moment he shows up, you hear the sound of it. And when you hear the sound of it, matter begins to move. And science begins to see the chemical elements and compositions that make up matter. How they are moving, how they are forming. But what changed everything is that light showed up and a sound, a voice, a word showed up. There is nothing in your life that you can't change or create. When you receive the light of God and you hear the word of God and you direct that word to any situation, it begins to form, it begins to take shape. But not your word, but the word of God. And you will tell that situation, hear the word of the Lord. 
because you have received light because you have received illumination you are able to disseminate you are able to release something to your world and the situations around you to begin to change John 3 8 it says the wind blows where it listed the wind blows where it listed say you can't see it but you hear the sound you cannot see it you can't tell where it's going or where it's coming from but you hear the sound it says so is everyone that is born of the spirit if you are born of the spirit you will change your world you will change the circumstances around you you will change the situations around you by hearing God's word and speaking it you're not declaring your own word you're declaring the word of God and that is the word of life that forms things and change things and move things around no matter how the situation is but the moment you receive that life you begin to dissipate that life you begin to give out that life that is the word that forms life that is the cradle of creation that is the beginning in the forming of all things it forms by the word it says by God's word everything consists stand to your feet everything is put together everything is arranged everything is arranged but you don't get to that place unless you have received the one that has that life so that the moment you begin to give life it makes sense the moment you begin to give life it's not ordinary everything you touch receives life. Everything you touch gets life. Because you have life in you. He said, he that has the son has life. He that has the son has life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So the moment you capture that spirit and you capture that life, things around you begin to change. Situations begin to move. They move in the direction that they should go by the word of God say oh dry bones hear the word of the Lord it's not my word it is God's word (laughs) it's not my prophecy it is God's declaration hear the word of the Lord hear the word of the Lord and that begins my change that begins my transformation lift your hands to heaven the preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International for information about Kingsword Ministries visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.